Hello and welcome to the Bungalow Cricket Podcast. We will start this episode with the sad news since the last episode uh, about the passing away of former cricketer Mushraf Rubble Hussain, who passed away at the age of 40 after a long battle with cancer. It was devastating news and you knew from the support he received during his treatment and the reaction after his passing from fans, players, journalists across the world, how much he meant to a lot of people. We'll pray for him and our thoughts and condolences are with his family and loved ones. That's Musharraf Rebel Hussain, who sadly passed away after a battle with cancer at the age of 40. In this episode, we will be looking back at Bangladesh's tour of South Africa. Apologies that this uh, episode is a little bit late. I'm not going to lie. Life happened, new job, quite busy. uh, But I'm so pleased that I've been able to make time with the Pop Increase, who joins us to have a look back at this series. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much. So glad to be back here. Well, I saw made you commit to it um, when we did the preview episode. So (laughs) you had very little choice. Well, yeah. I mean, it feels a very long time ago, but let's start looking uh, with the ODI series where Bangladesh completed an historic win in South Africa. And we predicted this in our preview. We said it would be a 2-1. Tight, tight series, yeah. I got to say, I was so thoroughly impressed with Bangladesh. I honestly think South Africa um, did what they always do and they underestimated their opposition. They were complacent. They thought Bangladesh were going to be a pushover. And I'm so proud of Bangladesh for the way they played in the ODI series. That's really lovely of you to say, because we we discussed the kind of the South African choke. They tend to lose the first match of every series. And this series was was no different when Bangladesh won that first one day by by 38 runs. But by no mean feat, it was it was a great, great batting performance to put on like I don't know what par a, a par score is at Centurion Park, but 314 on the board felt competitive even before South Africa had had started their chase and obviously Shakib leading the 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 charge there with his 77. Yes, and the way Shakib batted with Yasser Ali, I, I mean, South Africa had no answers for them. I don't know what they were bowling. They had no plans. And the way that the, those two just batted, it was, it was confident, it was smart, it was aggressive, it was taking initiative. It was really, I mean, as a South African fan, I actually really enjoyed that partnership and that set them on the right track. Yeah, Shakib's performance was great. Yasser Ali was great to see because he's had a lot of critics, a lot of cynicism, a lot of kind of trolls on social media about his fitness, but that all came good. And he put on a brilliant half century, which helped build that middle of the innings. At the top of the order, Tamim and Litton Dars were excellent with their 95 opening stand. I don't think any of us expected that. So all in all, it was um, like a really thrilling first, first game, first ODI. But then the second ODI, what I expected to happen did happen um, <laughs> because Bangladesh do have a tendency of a, a, a brilliant win followed by a kind of complete fold with the exception of Afif Hussain who scored a brilliant 72 and took, if I'm honest, only one of three wickets that we took in that chase. Um, we were basically just rolled over by Rabada and then Quentin de Kock with the bat. Yeah, I mean, KG was about five for 39. I mean, come on, he had a point to prove that game. And and I think he came out firing. And I, it was actually quite funny when that game started and they, uh, the first ball was a wide or something and they were really sloppy in the first few overs. And I, before the game started, I said, I have a feeling they're going to come right today and that there's going to be a fiery bowling bowling performance. And everyone like, retweeted me afterwards saying, you were right, you were right, you were right. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> um, and then in, in the third 
And final one day international. I mean, South Africa out for 154, mainly through a, a Tuscan Armen masterclass. I mean, that boy continues to just shine. And we talked about his his redemption, his you know the work he put in uh, sort of around sort of during lockdown, post the 2019 World Cup. And I mean, the comeback just continues again and again and again. He delivers, and off the back of it, he was offered a, an IPL contract, which he he didn't take because of uh, the, the the test series, but. To be a win by nine wickets in South Africa is huge. It's massive. Yes. So, and I, I, I don't know if you saw after the series finished, the ODI series, what Mark Boucher said. Go on. Um, so he was going on about, you know, the spin and the pitches were very subcontinent-like and we didn't expect that in our home surfaces. And he didn't, he barely, barely mentioned Tuscan Ahmed. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was the one that destroyed you in both games. Give the guy uh, some credit. There does tend to be, and I think we discussed this in the, in the preview, when Bangladesh win now, because we have brilliant wins followed by dismal performances, they can tinge those great wins and have them easily labeled as upsets. And that yeah. happens quite, quite it's, it's when Bangladesh win international press rarely give the credit to Bangladesh. It's always a, a, a failing on the, yeah, on the exactly. opposition. And that, that was, I guess, no different in, in the South Africa series, but Tuscan Ahmed, his narrative now is on his way to being like a world-class bowler. And Absolutely. I'm happy to have that on record. I'm happy to have that on record because the work he's put in, the results he's getting, the fact that, Bangladesh have Mustafa Zurahman in the IPL, who is having an absolute blinding time, by the way. And the fact that the second Bangladesh player to be offered a contract was another Bangladeshi fast bowler doesn't make sense in my head because that's <laughs> not what Bangladesh have ever been famous for. But it shows how correct and how right our bowling unit have got it at the moment and how much work we've done with our fast bowlers and our paces. And they, these guys are not the quickest bowlers in the world by any means, but... You don't have that, to be. No, quite exactly right. If you get it right, you know, if you get your lines, if you get your lengths right, you don't, you don't have to be. Exactly. But the fact that Tuscan Ahmed was offered a contract, Mr. Vizar Rahman is already there. The fact that the IPL wanted two Bangladeshi fast bowlers, for me, blows my mind. Mm. It really does. It's incredible. And we have to mention something about Tami McBall in that final ODI, the way he batted. He deserved a ton, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, do you know what? He's a team player. Uh, I'm going to blame South Africa for that. Not enough runs to chase. If they had, if they had, what, what did he get? 87. If they had 15 more 87. runs on the board, maybe, maybe he would have got there. <laughs> so that's entirely South Africa's fault. But again, Tommy McBall just refocusing and leading from the front. And I'm so excited about him in the next sort of year or so, leading to the next Cricket World Cup. Because I think, I think he, you know, he's really leading from the front. The, the captaincy is not affecting his performances. He's still performing in the bat. And that really is quite a sweet spot, I think, especially for a, mm. a Bangladeshi captain, like to, to be able to perform and captain the side mm. is, a, is a very, very sweet spot. And don't forget, this is a, this is a Tommy Miguel who didn't want the captaincy when he when he got it. He didn't want it because they'd sort of run out of people to give it to. They'd <laughs> give it to Shakib, they'd give it to Mushfik. Um, <laughs> Mushrafi had retired. So this is a guy who didn't want the captaincy and yet has made it his own. And 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 he, you know, he's, he's led from the front. He's been brilliant. I was really, I was really, really impressed with 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 their uh, performance in the ODIs, and that gave me such promise for the Test series. Well, let's let's move on swiftly to the Test series. And if I'm honest, um, I'd say the first couple of days of the Test series, I felt like we were in it. You know, when when South Africa Definitely. were bowled out for, you know, 367 is is a good Test score. 
Um, but I was impressed by the bowling of Khalid Ahmed. I thought I thought he, you know, had some brilliant, brilliant moments in that match, took four for 92. And yeah. then in response, Mahmoud Hassan Joy with with a, a fantastic test entry away in South Africa, I believe. And, uh, and he's uh, such a young one as well. Right? He's part of this kind of new generation of, of, of test players, um, that kind of young batting lineup that we saw in, in New Zealand, that, that won that first test in New Zealand. And so mm. to see him getting a test century, being the first person to, to score a century. I think, I think the first against a, a South African, any test home or away yeah. um, just provided so much promise. And actually I think we were what 70 odd runs behind after the first innings. I was actually really in this game, really still yeah. in this game. And when, and what, I mean, on, on Joy's performance as well, I mean, it says something that he was the only one out of both teams to get a century in that first test that speaks volumes. Absolutely. And he, you know, he's, 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 Opening in the place of essentially Tommy Mikbal, it's him, Shadman, Islam, Nazmal, mm. Hussein Shanta. It's a very, very young top order. Like between them, less than fifty tests, I think. Between you know, a really so taking a lot of responsibility, but he shouldered it so brilliantly. So for me, it does give hope of this kind of Mominal Huck-led young Bangladesh test team. And we'll talk about Mominal Huck and the test team, I guess, more broadly in a moment. But at that stage of the match, seventy odd behind South Africa. Not too bad. We then bowl South Africa out for 204. Abad Hussein coming good again with, with, with three for 40. And I'm like, actually, could chase they were, this. They were in it, exactly. I honestly thought they would chase it until they started batting. Until they started batting. And um, I remember one of the WhatsApp messages I sent you at the time in the moment, quite emotionally, was how are Bangladesh, a team who have tormented sides with left arm spin for years, we have spun our way to victory at home with our left arm spinners. We used to play three left, left arm spinners at, at one point. How are a team who who win with left arm spin now getting completely undone Bamboozled. by left arm spin? It looked like we'd never seen it before. I w- I tweeted a number of times during the, those you know collapsing performances. How can a subcontinental team not know how to play spin? No disrespect. I mean, Maharaj is an absolute world-class bowler. I love Maharaj, but this is a team that should know how to play spin, and they were acting like you said, like they don't haven't seen spin in their lives. Fifty-three all out is unacceptable on any level, even if you're facing. I don't don't care who you are. Exactly, you should be able to between the ten of you (laughs) score more than fifty-three runs. I mean, yes, Maharaj was was amazing. Uh, what did he get? Seven wickets for like 30 odd or something? But got seven for th- 32, yeah. That's yeah, that's I mean, that's incredible figures, but almost they shouldn't have been that good. You know, a seven for think? 95 would have, you know, <laughs> been kind of reasonable. But, but also yeah. on, on the Maharaj, I just want to say after he after the first innings when Harmer got all his wickets and Maharaj got none, everyone was on Maharaj's case. Like, why is he in the team? He shouldn't be in the team. I'm like, just because he doesn't get one wicket in one innings, you want to just discard him. This is not how test cricket works. And I made the analogy on my Facebook page. So if Rabada gets no wickets in one innings, but Nokia gets five, you're going to just discard Rabada for the rest of the series, even though you forget that it's a partnership. The way Rabada bowled allowed Nokia to get wickets. Perhaps it was the same. The way Maharaj bowled allowed Harmer to get wickets. People forget bowling is also partnerships. Absolutely, yeah, you, you're absolutely spot on. And he, you know, if he had critics to answer, my God, he answered them as quickly as he possibly could, didn't he? Yeah, um, absolutely. And then 
And so South Africa took that first test. And from that, that point in, and we should actually say Maharaj continued that form with the bats um, in that first <laughs> innings, didn't he? I don't think anyone saw that coming. But No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, like, was he batting down at number seven or something? He got like a good 80. Um, I felt like Bangladesh just, just at that point gave up and never really bounced back um, in that second test match. They were battered out of the game, let's be honest, completely. As soon as South Africa had mm. passed that 400 score, um, it didn't look like Bangladesh had any way of bouncing back. We didn't seem to have any response. Despite the fact Tommy McBall was back at the top of the order, um, yeah. he scored like, you know, we, we had a handful of sort of decent scores, 40s and 30s and such like. One, but 150, but, you know, it's, 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 not not, it's not enough when you're chasing 400. And so, I mean, I, I'm doing the maths. I think we didn't avoid the follow. I'm trying to think here. Did, we didn't avoid the following, but South Africa just chose to bat again, if I'm not mistaken. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, 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 that was it. So, so South Africa then declared... Um, with with way too much for Bangladesh to do. Even then, give it some fight. No, nothing. 80 all out. So I know that the South African bowling attack was absolutely world class. Um, and I know that oh, I don't know. Yeah, I just just there's no excuse. Actually, I can't. I'm struggling to sort of try and rationalize how bad we were in those both those second innings. I, I know it's it you you can't because you just expected them to just fight. You didn't. Right. And you know, I don't know. I I don't think I'll ever get over watching Bangladesh being older, bowled out in less than twenty overs in a Test match. I can't get my head around that. That's barely half a session. But the but the number of teams these days in the last like I don't know ten years that have been bowled out in a session. South Africa have had quite a few themselves being bowled out in a session. To see an entire Bangladeshi lineup undone by two bowlers like Maharaj and Harmer, brilliant. But. Just, just, yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no. I mean, I can slag them off, and I can say I'm disappointed, but there's nothing that needs to be said that 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 team don't already know. It wasn't good enough in those second innings of the games. Yeah, we should have lasted more than 19 and 23 overs respectively. Not, not good enough. And what bothers me is the kind of stuff that comes off the back of these performances, where people go, "Oh, we need to get rid of Russell Domingo. We need to, we just sack the coach. Moment or Huck is not suitable to be a Test captain." They are who like okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be quite blunt here because sure Russell Domingo is up for uh, you know criticism as is any other kind of head coach across the world. Moment Huck as captain can be up for criticism. That's part of being a sports person. I get that. If you remove Moment Huck as captain, who is going to captain that Bangladesh Test side? He has one of the toughest jobs in cricket. Bangladesh don't play a lot of Test cricket. They mm. come off the back of one-day series, of T20 series. Some of them don't go very well. He then picks up a relatively young side and leads into test matches. The work, the work he's done with this test side, the win against New Zealand, the performance of the young players who clearly respect him and will play for him. Yeah. Who, who are you going to replace him with? Tommy McBell doesn't want to do it. Shakib mm. doesn't want to do it. Yeah. doesn't want to do it. <laughs> Litton Dars is only just finding regular good form with a bat. He's not going to want to take it. He, he wicket keeps as well. He's not going to, want to do it. Yeah. It's too soon for Mehdi Hassan Miraz. Who is going to replace? You can call for the sacking of a captain, but you need to have a decent replacement in mind. And there is exactly. there is no better person to lead that team than Momenal Huck. Yeah. No better person. I mean, this is just panic. Everyone's just panicking now, isn't it? It's just like rash decisions. Yeah, exactly. But sacking people isn't always the, like like for figuring out what went wrong, trading, finding a solution. That's what you do with a sports team. You don't just throw the throw the hat in. No, exactly. And and Momenal wasn't the one. Okay, he was one of them in the in in the second innings, but he wasn't 
the one giving away his wickets all the time as well. The rest of the team also failed. They also didn't fight. They also gave away their wickets. They played silly shots. They 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 just didn't perform. And it's that's not his fault. He can only do so much as captain. It's up to the actual players to put in their performances. Well, absolutely. It's like it's like the entire team collapsed, but then yeah. we, we tend to have the same scapegoats. Like people were going after Mushrik Rahim for, for playing um, was it a reverse sweep? Like that what the whole match didn't hinge on that one shot bad situation worse. yeah and and i feel sorry for mushrik because he is very much a um i i describe him as a professional scapegoat when it goes wrong for bangladesh people go after him and it's actually quite quite out of order because he's one of our best batsmen if not the best batsmen yeah emergency changes aren't going to make a difference you know you can sack russell domingo as a coach but but do you know how hard it is to get a full-time permanent coach in bangladesh and also, like, hasn't he, like, haven't their, um, the batting performances gone up? The averages have gone up since he's been in coach, right? Well, yeah, exactly. And everyone was applauding him and his his, his um, backroom staff after the one-day series. And then it turned again during the test series. I'm, you know, I I, I, I hear rumours that there might be, like, falling out or disagreements between coach and players and the board and stuff like that. But, look, it's so hard for Bangladesh to get uh, the sort of coaches they want. Because let's be honest, Bangladesh always want a kind of... Um, a kind of a, a European coach, an Australian coach, a South African coach. Like a Gary Kirsten, you know, imagine right. Gary Kirsten. <laughs> exactly. He was, I think, consultant for a while, actually. But it's hard to get those sorts of coaches to sign on a 200-day contract in Bangladesh yeah. because they make the same money in six weeks in the IPL and they don't have to be away from their families and friends. Yeah. So it's hard for Bangladesh to, like, you know, we can go, oh, sack Russell Domingo. Who's going to do the job instead? You know, and, and I know that there are a load of kind of potential local coaches who we know are very good and that Bangladesh could lean on, but we know the BCB aren't going to hire those guys. So we can't just keep calling for sackings. We need to find solutions and make Absolutely. this team. We're, 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 you know, months away from a T20 World Cup, maybe just over a year away from a, a ODI World Cup. This is not the time to be to be making infrastructure changes in that side. Absolutely. It's not the time. Yeah. I mean, they, they know very clearly what their weaknesses are in the test team. So figure out a way to make the players more comfortable and perform better. 100%, 100%. And, and yeah, I for me, I feel like I feel like after that T20 World Cup, which was probably a, a real low point for Bangladesh cricket, I feel like things have generally been on the up. There have been enough positives to make me feel like the general trajectory is on the upward rise. Yeah. Definitely. And I think I, I think I think we should say that as a positive. Like, and I know as a Bangladesh fan, you are trained to be an optimist, um, but it's the only way we'll grow. We can't just kind of destroy ourselves from the inside. Well, absolutely. I mean, if you think about South Africa and World Cups, that's never a happy ending story. But we still will support them. Exactly. Exactly. But onwards and upwards. Overall, though, really pleased with that test series, and really pleased to have been in South Africa. Got the one day series win all but qualified for that cricket world cup next year um and big learns from the test series so all in all for me actually i can't complain it was it was, it was a decent decent series and i honestly am quite worried about south africa's standing in the world cup it's not looking good is it it might be an automatic i can't i can't comprehend a, a, a world cup qualifying tournament with south africa in it i know right and i i mean they, they go off to england in a couple of months so England test test team isn't the greatest, but the ODI side they know what they're doing, right? They're world champions. As much mm. as I hate to say that, it's going to be tough. They have to win every game now. They they genuinely genuinely do. I mean, it is quite close. I think South Africa at the time of recording on forty nine points. You've got 
a handful of teams on 50, 60, 68, 62, 68, 70. So actually the jump from South Africa at 11th to potentially fourth or fifth is not a big one. Maybe you need a few games to go your way, but mm. still very not much impossible. in it. Not impossible. They've made it harder for themselves. Definitely. Yeah. I think they would have, I think they would have looked at that Bangladesh series as an opportunity for, for, for gaining some ground on the, on the yeah. top half of the table, but that's obviously not gone to plan. Um, but I can't imagine a cricket World Cup without South Africa. I can't comprehend it. I can't. It just no. It doesn't compute. They'll get there. I'm confident. On that. <laughs> Albeit through a qualifying tournament, they'll get there. <laughs> yes, we can only hope. <laughs> Absolutely, and hope is a hope is a very familiar feeling for a Bangladesh cricket fan. Um, the pop increase. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and the the preview one. It's been genuinely so so brilliant being able to finally connect with you, collaborate with you, and and chat cricket on this podcast to you. Yes, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Bangladesh Cricket Podcast and thank you for continuing to make it the most listened to podcast about Bangladesh Cricket in the world. Please continue to um, listen, share, subscribe, leave reviews uh, and get in touch. I'm, I'm, like, I love being part of this kind of community. So if you want to email me, podcast at bangladeshcricket.co.uk or just, just find me on Twitter. Every time there's a game on, we're always talking and tweeting our way through it. So, so just join in and we'll see you for the next one very soon. <laughs>